I didn't truly understand the gospel. You know, I, I, there was so much hellfire and brimstone that I felt so much guilt about who I was. I knew what Jesus did, but I knew that I had to feel guilty about it. Welcome to the Our Father Stories podcast, where we help ordinary people know and share extraordinary life in Christ. My name is Micah, one of the hosts. Our other host, Pastor Nate, is unfortunately sick today. Uh, so we have a special guest host, Cassie Schoenbeck, our Director of Faith Development here at Our Father. Cassie, welcome. Hey, I am glad to know that I am special. You are yeah. very special. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I was thinking about this before we got started. Do you remember when we... Well, we, we met prior to our Texas meeting. We did. We kind of knew of each other and had met, but didn't really know each other. And we got real close and personal on a, what, hour and a half drive from the yes, airport? Yes, that sounds about right. From Dallas to some retreat center. Some retreat center, uh-huh. You were pregnant with... Yes. Sydney Joe. Sydney. That's yeah. right, because Amanda was pregnant with JJ. That's right, and you had just found out that you were getting to have a baby boy, and you That's, were so excited. Oh, I was and you were so, so polite, excited. because I was so showing... And you were like, oh, are you pregnant? And I said, um, and you yeah, were like, a little bit. <laughs> but in fairness, you were like super showing. I was super showing. It was yeah. a very safe I ask, looked are like you the house that I was. But it's yes, so weird you being so a polite. dude. Thank you. You're, because yeah, it's awkward, right? You handled right? it well. You really did. When a guy asks you if you're pregnant, that's a real risky, you should just never do it. My mom taught me, and now my wife has taught me, just don't do it. Right. Leap of faith. And I will tell you, everybody, if you know Cassie, she's a very friendly, smiley person, always. Even when she's eight months pregnant, she is mm -hmm. a lovely person. Thanks. And then uh, you were looking, you weren't looking for a call. No. What year was this, 2019? No, this, uh, you first reached out to me in 2017. 2017. I, I, I Facebook messaged Cassie, hey, yeah. buddy. Uh, number one, hopefully you're not pregnant still. Number, <laughs> number two, are you looking for a call? We're looking for this new position, Director of Faith Development. And I, I recall you were still kind of into the youth ministry. Oh, I was, yes, very focused on youth ministry. And I said, why would I be a DCE if I don't get to do the fun part, which is youth ministry? That's what I said at the time. And the Lord had his way. His yep. will was done. You said yes. And here we are and six I've years later. never been so happy in a church. And I've always been happy serving in a church. God is good. Always. Yep. All right, my friend. Well... Today, we have a very special podcast. It's a little bit shorter than normal. Uh, you, Cassie, sat down with Jackie Paragoy, who is actually Nate's wife, if those of you uh, listening do not know that. And Jackie has a very unique coming to faith journey story. Uh, she was very brave, very willing to share it with us. So, Cassie, what should we look for? What can we expect of this conversation? Well, I uh, got to hear her faith story this summer, and I realized how relatable her journey was for so many people, and it blew my mind. So as I was preparing to teach a faith course on the essential teachings of the Christian faith, I realized that her history had so much to share with us. And so we sat down and she bravely shared her story, which is hard for her. She's not like you and me. Um, yeah, she doesn't like to just give a microphone and talk. It's so she weird. She doesn't, I know, but um, <laughs> it, was, it was a wonderful time. And I used it my first Sunday in class, and uh, I've actually quoted her multiple times since. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I hope you will enjoy this conversation as we did. Really wonderful story. And stick around at the very end. Cassie and I have got some takeaways to share. 
and welcome to the introduction of Miss Jackie Paragoy. My good, dear friend, do you remember when we met? Yes, I do. We were at the Abel's in the Abel's kitchen. Yes. And yeah. Jude was like newly home newly and a home. little baby. Was he like five months old? Eight months old? Yeah, like was, more like five. Yeah. More like five. He was super, super little. And Micah told my kids that it was just a baby he found on the street. And Micah <laughs> held him the whole time and yes. would not let go. Yes. And no one else got to hold him the whole night. No. Which I appreciated at that time because I had held him for like five months straight and my back was aching and everything yeah. was like, I do. I remember yeah. when I met you. You came in, you introduced yourself, and then you looked at me, you're like, your hair is awesome. And I remember that to this day. And you, you were like, like, I like her. I like you. We should issue her a call. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but when we met, we were already adults. We both already had two kids. Yeah. So if I had gotten to be your friend when you were 20, I know, um, I was young then too, not that young, but young. Um, but I already knew I wanted to be a church worker. So I probably would have asked you in a very non-evangelistic way, are you a Christian? What would you have said? Absolutely. So if I had said, um, okay, well, what do you believe about Jesus? What would you have told me when you were 20 years old? When I was 20, I would have believed, or I did believe that, you know, he died on the cross for my sins. He conquered death. He rose again. Um, and someday I'll see him. And what did you think he thought about you? I did not think he liked me that much. So you believed in Jesus, but you didn't think he liked you. Right. I believe that I knew that what he did for me, his blood covers that, right? Like, like or he covers my sin, but I, I didn't think that he liked me or um, I knew I wasn't worthy. So how did you feel about yourself? I didn't feel great about myself either. You know, I, I walked around with a, a ton of shame about and guilt about who I was. Wow. So if I had asked you, you believed you're a Christian. If I had said, when were you saved? What would you have said? Um, I, I grew up in the Baptist church. Um, prior to that, I'm going to start from the beginning. Um, my mom was raised Episcopalian and my dad is Jewish. And so the compromise between the two of them was that we went to a Messianic synagogue. And uh, we went there until I was about seven. And then I started going to the private Christian school that was just being built. And the church attached, attached to that uh, was the Southern Baptist Church. And um, so that's where I, I, we started going. And I remember being in second grade at one of the youth children's ministry Sunday schools. And uh, they did as they do in the Southern Baptist church and everybody bow your heads, close your eyes, don't look around, don't look at anybody, you know? And, you know, pray this prayer if, if this is what you believe, you know? And it, it was, um, I remember it being quite aggressive, right? But I remember as a seven-year-old crying and thinking that I couldn't be saved because I was Jewish. And it, it's crazy to me to think back that we went to a Messianic synagogue, so it was supposed to be Jesus, you know? But I didn't understand that. It was all tradition, hmm. um, and which I, I do appreciate now too. But so 
I remember crying and being brought back into a room and being explained that, you know, Jesus is for everybody, you know, and that um, you can be saved and you have to repent and, you know, you ask Jesus into your heart. So I, I believe at seven years old, I was saved. Yeah. Um, and that was like the moment of my conversion. Um, but I didn't truly understand the gospel. You know, I, I, there was so much hellfire and brimstone that I felt so much guilt about who I was. I knew what Jesus did, but I knew that I had to feel guilty about it too. Right? Does yeah. that make sense? So there's like, like a huge focus on your repentance, your asking. What you do. What did you, you feel like you had to feel guilty enough when you repented? Or, I mean, you said shame earlier. Did you feel like you had to feel ashamed when you repented or Jesus wouldn't forgive you? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I grew up with that. And I don't know how much of that was like really said from the church or, you know, or was was how much I put on myself, Yeah. you know, and I think probably a combination of, of those things. So if you had died when you were seven, you would go to heaven because you knew what Jesus did. Absolutely. You knew the facts. Yeah. Cause it, yes. Yeah. And look, you accepted it. Yes. Yes. Cause look at, looking back now with what I know now and uh, the mature, the maturity I have, I think within my faith as that has developed, um, I know I would have gone to heaven yeah. because it isn't based on me. It's never, it was never based on me. It was never based on every evening me praying the prayer again, just to make sure yeah. that the Holy Spirit understood and, and saved me again, that I, that I had to repent for those sins again and again and again. Yeah. You know, and I, so I know now. So at the, but at the and time I knew you, that. you accepted it, but you didn't really grasp the power of the gospel. Right. Right. So that is how you became a Christian, converted from Messianic Judaism, right. believing on paper and a guy named Jesus, who right. you thought was the Messiah, right. to Christian of a different flavor. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you become a Lutheran Christian? Um, I was 27, 27. So... Grew up in the, you know, grew up a Christian, went to a private Christian school, went to church. Um, around the time my parents did get divorced. And so a lot of things crumbled in my life. And um, I was not, I didn't feel accepted anymore by our church youth group, by the people that I grew up with. And so I walked away. Um, I walked away for a while. And I, I always knew, I, I, I walked away from people. I did not walk away from Jesus. Mm, I love that. I mean, I don't love that you walked away from people. No, but I but love the way you I walked that. away from it because I didn't feel accepted. But I always knew, like, the, I was always a Christian. He, he never left me, you know? Yeah. But I did walk away. And around 27, 28, I think 28, I, things were not going well. I was, I was like, wow, things aren't working out. So weird. Um, <laughs> maybe I should try it God's way, you know? And at that time I was like, I want to go back to church and I want to be with my mom. And I, she was going to the Lutheran church, uh, in our neighborhood that I grew up in. And so I started going with her 
And then I chose to take the, uh, like, the adult education class because, you know, I wasn't confirmed there, you know. Um, and I took that class. And I remember after one of those classes being in my condo and falling to my knees because I finally understood the gospel. And I finally understood that you were given love first and then your response to that is obedience of the law. You have to be loved first. It, you can, it, no one is ever going to want to follow rules you know, boundaries to keep you safe if you weren't loved through it. Oh, yeah. And, and if you're just given shame and guilt and then told, well, then you'll be loved. I mean, that's the exact opposite of the gospel. So the gospel, you know, I finally understood and fell to my knees and just felt the overwhelming love of Jesus and what he did for me. And, you know, I screw up daily, you know, but I, be I believe that th that's when I finally understood. I was always a Christian, but I finally understood. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Um, so you, you went to a class at the church for adults mm -hmm. who didn't have a Lutheran background and you learned like the facts and the doctrine. Yeah. And then you had an experience of that. Right. So it wasn't just head knowledge, right? Yeah. You know, cause that's what I think the Holy Spirit does. He's like, I'll give you this. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give you this and then I'm going to connect it here for you. Right. Yeah. I think that's so cool. So what now as like a real adult, <laughs> not the 27 year olds and 20 year olds aren't real adults, right? Just cause I wasn't a real adult at 20. doesn't mean other people aren't. Right. But now that you're a Lutheran Christian adult, right? Um, now, what do you think about God and Jesus and faith and the church? That's a great question. Just a little softball, you know. Yeah. What do I think? I I really think that we have to love first. I think that God loves us first, but I really think that we only know like this much of God, right? Like. Mm -hmm. There's so much that we don't know about him. I mean, what he tells us, though, he is always good. He's always good. You know? Yeah. That, that, huh. he's always good. Like, we know precious little about who God is. Right. But what we do know is that all of him, all of him is good. Yeah. Right? And what do you think now Jesus thinks about you? Um... I, I think that that he loves me. I think that I am his precious child. I think that I screw up daily and he's like, all right, Jackie, like, <laughs> like we've been over this, but you know, I think I learned more about how Jesus feels about me when I became a parent too, uh -huh. right? Like that's just the closest thing you can ever get to being like, oh, I want to wring your neck. Because I love you. Because I love and you I so much. And I want something better for you. Exactly. <laughs> slap him around a little bit, you know, but I, I, I know that, that he loves me and I'm not worthy because of who I am. I am worthy because of who is he, who he is. I am, I'm enough. And on the days that I, I don't feel enough or I feel like I'm too much, he is perfect. Right. Oh, man. So.
on the days when I don't feel like enough or I feel like I'm too much. Because I can be too much. <laughs> he is perfect. And he calls us enough and makes us enough. Yeah. Oh, okay. So now you were, you talked about how, you know, as a new Christian in your Christian school, you didn't really at first feel accepted until you prayed the prayer and it was about your repentance because you were a Messianic Jewish Christian. Right. And then you were accepted, but then this thing happened in your family's life. And so you weren't accepted anymore. Right. How do you feel about church and like knowing and sharing extraordinary life in Christ together now here as a Lutheran Christian adult mom of two? I feel accepted. I, I, I feel like we, life is messy, right? And people, there's divorce, there, there's breakups, there's death, there is suffering, right? And it is not our job to judge other people through those things. It's our job to love them through them. And that's what I feel here. You feel love through how sin has negatively affected your life here? No. Uh, no, no, no. Put, no that, put that your way. Let me start that over. Okay. So I I did not feel accepted when something bad happened in my family's life, right? My parents got divorced. They couldn't work it out. And I felt shunned, you know, and not good enough or what have you. And now I know through our church and through my experiences, <clears throat> excuse me, through, through being a Lutheran and through our church of Florida Earth, our church here, like people are messy. Jesus is not right. So I yeah. feel accepted here. Okay. Right. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. Like I know you well enough to know some of your best friends are from this church and maybe church made you friends, but now you're friends. Absolutely. Even if it's not Sunday. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's not separate anymore. Right. Um, I don't have to keep these people here. These people here. Are... Not that I ever wasn't who I am. But it, it, yes, but like you used to, I want to be friends. Right. And now I, you're just, I want to be friends. Just Jackie. I'm just Jackie. You're just Jesus is Jackie. Right. Oh, I like that. It's oh, a I lot like of J's. Yeah, I like it too. <laughs> um, so I have a very specific question because, well, okay. So that was like how you became a Lutheran. You could be anything you wanted denominationally right. or, you know, like as a living, you could be president, but um, denominationally, why are you a Lutheran now? Why do you stay a Lutheran? Well, Nate, no, just well, kidding. <laughs> I mean, benefits no. are nice. Right, but, right, yeah. right. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> benefits are nice. Um, I, everything that I've learned about being a Lutheran, and I'm, I'm still learning more, you know, about the, the teachings um, and our theology but everything that I'm learning, it does come down to grace. And I think that we just need uh, so much grace in our lives. So I, mm -hmm. I think that's why, one of the reasons why I stay a Lutheran. Um, the, the love is so abundant. And I mean, the law is there, man. Like, we're, we're not going to not tell you how it is, but we're going to love first. Yeah. Right? Because that's what he would do. He would love first. So... You were baptized at seven. Yes. When you made a choice to be baptized. Yes. Um, you're a mom. I am. Um, did you choose that same path for your kids? No. Of, okay. So, so both boys were baptized as infants. 
um, because it says to go and, you know, make disciples and baptize, right? Um, and as Lutherans, that's what we, we take that verse and that, that's what we believe. And so we baptize our young because, you know, you're, you're sealed at that age, right? You're sealed by him and you're his. And then as you become, what is it, seventh, eighth grade? Is that when you, I'm a terrible Lutheran. Um, I know. <laughs> that, because that's not a Lutheran thing, but that varies to church to church. Right, right, right. Yeah, so you, you, you know, are taught, the, you know, the teachings and then you are confirmed and then you get to decide with all the information whether or not you want to stay or walk away. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Right? My, my kids better stay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because you were talking about how you think infant baptism is so cool. I do in that, that aspect because there's this idea within the Southern Baptist Church that I grew up in that, you know, you reach an age of, of accountability like our prefrontal cortexes aren't developed at that point. Like, what are we doing here? Like, it is yeah. our responsibility as a community because Christianity is a community as well, right? It's about our relationship here, but it's also this too. Yeah. So as a community, we, we, you know, speak for the infant and then we raise them up in, in the teachings of, the, of Christianity and of Jesus, and then they get to decide. Right? Yeah. Okay. That makes so much more sense to me. Yeah. Because like if doctrine, theology tells us we do none of the work, like it's like how you learned these facts in adult class, but then you experienced it and had like an emotional response. Right. Um, factually, the, the Bible tells us Jesus does all the work. Right. But you can, you can live out in that experience. Like, oh no, like I was an infant who couldn't even walk. Right. And I was brought to the waters of baptism. Right. Couldn't do anything. Jesus did all of the work for me. Right. I mean, I know it's not symbolism, but I mean, the symbolism of that is pretty amazing where I I couldn't even walk. I had to be taken. It's like the truth is reflected in it. It, Yes. Oh, yeah. It's so good. I like Uh, it. Okay. I have to tell you something super cool. Um, You were talking about the community responsibility. Right. Micah pointed out to me today that 550 people on our prayer chain at this church are praying daily through our list of compromands who just chose to affirm their faith. And today they're praying for my kid. 550 people signed up for an email and got an email today to pray for my child's faith. Not because I work here and he's my kid, right? because he's one of the family of God who said, yes, I do believe this. And we said, yes, I confirm that I see in you to get to the Holy Spirit. How amazing is that? that it's not just on you as the parent in this community, that there are other people. Thank God. Thank uh, God. <laughs> yes. But um, I, I that, that's just the most amazing thing. And that's just like God at work in our community praying, right? Through messy, broken people, right? We don't yeah. have to be perfect. We don't have yeah. to, our prayers don't have to be perfect. Again, thank God. Thank God. The Holy Spirit Uh, intercedes. Exactly. That's so So, cool. That is neat. Jackie, thank you for telling me your story. Um, I love it's it's cool because it's your story and your faith story, but it's Jesus's story because it's the story of how he brought you to love the truth of the gospel, to embrace the beauty in knowing and sharing extraordinary life in Christ. And you see so much life and joy in 
like living out your Christian life. And I get to see that. And I really appreciate you explaining how you got here. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. You're right, Cassie. That was such an excellent interview, and it was so cool that Jackie was willing to share uh, that personal journey that she's been on. One of the things we like to do at the end of these podcasts is share some takeaways. You did the interview, which, by the way, very nicely done. Uh, that was really, it was great. To, you guys Jackie have, made it easy. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got good chemistry. It was nice. Uh, what, what's a takeaway? What's something you're walking away with from this story? The truth is I've actually quoted her multiple times when teaching. And I've heard um, you do that. Actually. Yeah, it's she. She was brilliant, but for my personal faith, the thing I keep thinking of is how she said that when she was hurt by the church, and she walked away. She never walked away from Jesus. She walked away from people, and moreover, Jesus never walked away from her. Mm -hmm. And when I feel like my faith is small and not big enough and not strong enough, I can just rest in knowing that thank God faith isn't about my faith, but Jesus's faithfulness, which never fails, new yeah. every morning. You just said something. That, that makes me think of so many people now. It's like a popular thing to de-transition. Not de-transition. Thank you. Deconstruct one's faith. Two very different things there. Yeah, I actually uh, think it's really healthy, but you know. Well, yeah, on yeah. some level, deconstructing is healthy, right? Because yeah. we all grew up with some sort of... It's really what Jackie did, and that's how she discovered the gospel. <laughs> yeah. The difference is she stuck with it. She she was able to keep her eyes on Jesus, which is what many people ultimately come to reject in that deconstruction phase. But what I was thinking about was the what can we do as a church? You know, we're we're directors of ministry here trying to disciple people, you through Bible study, me through uh, huddles and and missional living training. How do we help equip our people when they deal with what is sin in the church to be firm in your faith and your convictions, but also loving? Like Jackie didn't experience, her family didn't experience love after that divorce. Yeah, I, I really, my takeaway there is at this point in ministry, I'm not doing youth ministry, and I work with a lot of adults, and I know a lot of people who've raised their children in the faith, and their children aren't currently active in the faith, and they have so much grief, but like Jackie, they were baptized and something really happened there. Yeah. And so that seed of faith is still there and God is faithful to nurture it and we can just keep praying for them and keep sharing that grace and help them to see how God sees them. Yeah. You know, the difference between shame and guilt, right? Like repentance versus shame and baptism is real and yeah. Jesus is real. Do you think there is a difference between shame and guilt? And maybe, maybe something that we can learn to do when we experience the sin of others, and whether that's in your children, your spouse, uh, congregation members, brothers and sisters in Christ. I think many people, their default is to cast shame. Yeah. Because we want, we want them to turn from their sin. We want them to realize what's happened because sin can separate us yeah. uh, from a, a relationship with God. But a better avenue is to point out the sin, and we, sh we are held to hold people accountable. Right. But shame does not motivate. It pushes away. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to catch ourselves on that. Yeah. So that was a helpful takeaway for me, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, my takeaway is one, a measure, hopefully, of encouragement for those listening. 
we do have, you mentioned this, but we do have folks who are really sad about a child who's walked away from a life of faith, a, a relative, a brother, sister, mom, dad, best friend, neighbor. Jackie's story is very encouraging to me because in the end, God had his way, his will was done. And we tend to lose patience, you know, like we want the person to convert now. Yeah. Uh, Jackie's story is multi-years and multiple people pouring into her and various mm-hmm. things happening, and including God uh, bringing Nate and Jackie together mm-hmm. and all these different things that happen at the mm-hmm. very onset of her not being a Christian. No one could have foreseen how those dominoes were going to fall and, and in what Yeah. Way. Yeah. So I just want to encourage anybody, if you are listening, and this brings up a, a sense of sadness because you, you want that for someone, do not give up hope because God is always working. And then now maybe perhaps you can uh, join God in that work to pray for that person. You know, Maybe you've given up praying for them. Get back to it. Uh, maybe you've given up having conversations with that person. Get back to it, trusting that God is at work and he's going to do what he promises to do. I am going to pray as soon as we finish this. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Cassie, so good to have you on this podcast. And thanks for your ministry here at Our Father. Uh, It is so, so, such a good thing that you have joined us and that God sent you to us. And uh, if you are listening and you want more stories, you can go to our website at oflc.net slash stories. We'll see you next time.